Good evening, everyone. Welcome to the Carolina Weather Group. I am happy to see you all tonight. Unfortunately, we're talking about another tropical storm, and that is going to be Tropical Storm Elsa. Just right out of the gate uh, here at 9 o'clock, we have the 8 p.m. advisory of Elsa. And right now, Elsa is about 75 miles west of Brunswick, Georgia, with winds of 45 miles per hour. North-northeast movement at 14 miles per hour with the pressure of 1,006 millibars. I do want to remind everyone a tropical storm warning is in effect for the entire South Carolina coast. Tropical storm watch in effect for the North Carolina coast. We also have that newly issued tornado watch for the low country of South Carolina. That includes the Charleston metro area until 5 a.m. And we're also talking about heavy rain in the Charleston metro area. Flash flood watches up for central North Carolina a moderate risk of flash flooding for the low country tonight as Elsa continues to move up the Interstate 95 corridor. And that is where I want to bring in Jared Smith, who is in Charleston. Jared, uh, we've been watching Elsa over the last, um, I guess, 36 to 48 hours where Elsa was a tropical storm, peaked up to a hurricane. And then uh, early this morning, uh, weakened to a tropical storm making landfall around 11 a.m. in the Big Bend area of Florida and now moving through southern Georgia into South Carolina and eventually North Carolina. Jared, I know you live in the Charleston area and uh, you guys will see the first impacts in the Carolinas. That tornado watch up until 10 p.m. or 5 a.m. We also have that uh, moderate risk of flash flooding for the low country. So Jared, uh, tell us uh, what's going on in your neck of the woods and uh, kind of what the outlook looks like for the rest of the evening. And well, Scotty, it's been actually a pretty quiet day. It's been humid. It's been warm, uh, very cloudy, but you know, but so far today, you know, not really much. You have some occasional sprinkles. We've had some, you know, occasional showers ahead of Elsa. Um, just the atmosphere was just so juiced that it just felt needed to let off a little steam and ring, ring a little bit of rain out. So that's where we've been at. However, uh, we are starting to see, the, uh, the core of Elsa begin to get a little closer. And as that happens, we're going to start to see some of those heavier rain bands begin to move into the area. So I'm going to take us right to the radar. Um, and uh, let me get to the, the radar that I want to show you. And we'll just uh, put that on pause here. So Elsa is somewhere in here. Um, it is definitely not the uh, best looking uh, by any stretch of the imagination, it's definitely not the best looking hurricane you're going to see tropical system. You're going to see, um, but that's not what we're worried about. We are most concerned right now about this band of rain. That's just South of I 16 um, in Georgia. And in fact, this particularly strong uh, storm here that could be producing a water spout. Um, actually, I wouldn't be surprised to see the weather surface of Charleston. They may have to pull a trigger on a land-based tornado warning for this. Uh, if this rotation keeps up, uh, into uh, Georgia, into Georgia here. So most of the weather is still in Georgia. Again, you have a lot of lightning with this one too, but this is the main band that's going to bring us probably the worst of the weather here. And this is going to be time for later tonight. Um, generally in the overnight hours, uh, as we move up towards the Charleston Metro area, again, if we look at Buford, Buford Hilton head, we have the rain shield is beginning to move in. We have the lighter parts of the rain shield here. We have a few showers, um, kind of surrounding it, nothing on the velocity that is too terribly concerning on these. Uh, but again, we're going to want to watch anything that's popping up tonight for the potential for um, a brief spin up tornado. Uh, again, 
the tropical tornadoes, they can spin up very quickly and often with very little notice. Uh, they are a warning challenge, to say the least. So that is something that we're going to want to watch. But again, we have, the, we have the main rain shield moving in through Beaufort County now. We look at the one hours. Uh, we look at the one hour rain totals. Um, we have some spots that have gotten about a quarter inch of rain, but your big rain totals are going to come from this band down here. Where radar is estimating uh, two two and a half inches an hour uh, as this starts to rotate up into Savannah. So Savannah may have some flooding issues to contend with tonight, as far as fresh water. I, I think the good news in all of this is a, there are a, good, a couple good things here in that um, Charleston is, we're going to be at low tide. So that's one really good thing. We're going to be a low tide. And we don't anticipate any major surge issues, which is also a very, you know, which is also a very good thing. But, um, but that's not to say the heavy rain can't cause freshwater flooding very quickly um, in downtown Charleston. That drainage gets overwhelmed, you know, pretty quickly. And so that's something that we're going to have to keep an eye on uh, for sure uh, overnight, but, and, and also the tornado threat. Uh, again, when we look at the, you know, when, you know, I've been looking at some of the parameters here, we do have, you know, a fair bit of, a fair bit of instability in place, very rich moisture, very rich dew points um, uh, that should, and, and wind shear provided by the right front quadrant of the hurricane. Well, not the hurricane, tropical storm, tropical cyclone. That's it's, it's, it's already been a long one with this. This one has been kind of up and down, um, but we're starting to see some of those better uh, uh, tornado parameters begin to move into South Carolina. So tornado watch until 5 a.m., pretty well placed. Um, we'll, we'll need to see, you know, Elsa's ultimate path is going to really impact just how far inland the tornado threat gets. Um and, you know, when we've seen the suggestions, uh, you know, the, the Hurricane Center crack, track is a five o'clock, has it pretty much coming up through the Midlands overnight. Um, so so that is going to do two things, too. That is going to spread, you know, potentially even heavier rain further inland, but also could spread that tornado threat inland. Uh, but again, this is the, right now. The, the main issue is this torrential band that is riding the coast. And we're going to need to watch that for the Charleston Metro here in the next few hours. Uh, see if it holds up, see what kind of uh, character it has by the time it gets here and see what the uh, the center line, uh, see what that looks like. Jared, uh, you're talking about the Midlands and we're bringing in panelist Dan Whitaker as well. Uh, we just had a question from Jennifer York asking about the impacts of the Midlands in South Carolina there. Uh, Jennifer, I can tell you that uh, part of the Midlands are uh, under this tornado watch, including um, – Barnwell, Bemberg, and Orangeburg counties and the National Weather Service out of Columbia kind of highlighting that area with the most favorable uh, environment for a possible spin-up of a tornado this evening. So the Midlands, again, uh, rainfall anywhere between uh, one to three, maybe four inches of rain possible uh, with this trek through the Midlands of South Carolina, especially along and east of Interstate 77 interstate 20 um area so if you live uh, there in the columbia area anywhere to the east of that definitely could see some some heavy rainfall with that potential of severe weather um also a question uh, from brian c asking about um just check the track now it looks like a more west than it did earlier today that is uh correct uh, jared was just kind of talking about the uh, the track of uh elsa and we've seen this kind of – it's not been a big shift, Jared. It's not been a huge shift to the West, but it seems like every new update that comes out – and let's preface this by saying, remember, don't focus on that center line. 
If you find yourself inside that cone, the cone of uncertainty, the center of Elsa or what's left of it is not going to track directly on that line that you may see on some of the maps. But if you find yourself within that cone, and we've seen that cone moving to the west ever so slightly in the last few updates, that is where we could kind of see the biggest impacts from what's left of this. So uh, you would be correct, Brian, that cone has shifted a little bit more westward, uh, bringing parts of the charlotte Mecklenburg metro area into the cone uh raleigh durham as we get into uh thursday columbia tonight columbia south carolina so that is a correct observation of seeing that that cone of uncertainty really shifting ever so slightly to the west with every new update we'll get another one at 11 o'clock and as jared was alluding to be interested to see what that uh what the center does so uh one more question and then i'll give it back to you jared and we can kind of talk about what to expect late tonight into tomorrow um, Chris Goodman, uh, living in Concord, I assume Concord, North Carolina, asking about any high winds and rainfall in that area. And again, uh, Chris, I can talk about that. I was just looking at that and, and giving some updates to uh, my uh, colleagues at the Charlotte Motor Speedway. It looks like Concord area could pick up anywhere between one to two, maybe three inches of rain. If we get under one of these heavier bands or heavier cells, it's a very tropical, really moist, rich environment. So uh, it's going to be efficient rainfall producer so we could see a couple of inches of rain in concord winds not so much it could be breezy at times but i don't foresee any wind damaging winds but uh if you have any uh unsecure um trash cans or lawn furniture definitely could be blown around but uh as far as widespread tree damage or anything like that it's not expected uh in concord so uh jared uh, let's uh kind of bring you in and dan uh, as well if you want to let's kind of uh we've talked about the the first impacts in charleston let's kind of go through uh columbia up into the central part of north carolina for tonight into uh tomorrow morning yeah, Scotty. So, you know, in looking at some of the modeling and, and what I'm going to do here is I'm going to switch over to I'm going to switch. I'm just uh, I, I'm, I'm just pushing lots of buttons. Uh, yeah, Jared's a bu- button pusher tonight. <laughs> yeah, uh, and, and believe me, for uh, I do not nearly have as nearly as many buttons as James Briarton does. So um, <laughs> so we'll, we'll keep that in mind here. But uh, what I've got here, this is the uh, high resolution rapid refresh. I'm just going to take a Quick pick to see how much of the new run we have. Uh, not enough to really talk about it. So uh, we're going to go to the last hour run here. But you can see I've got the um, I've got the uh, ten meter winds up. I've got you can see the center of Elsa right here. You can follow my cursor there, and then and then ma- the main rain band. So the first thing is is that Elsa is a very lopsided storm um, on the really on the on on the western side of it. You're not going to see much. And in fact, this is uh, this is going to stay lopsided as it goes through. Uh, as it goes through uh, North, South and North and South Carolina tonight. So we'll advance this through. This is about 2 a.m. here. And this is when it looks like, uh, again, the model could be a little bit slow. So I think that's one thing that we also need to keep in mind too, is that the model is, you know, it, it, it does its best, but you know, sometimes it runs an hour behind. So let's not take these timings as gospel, but this gives us a pretty good idea of kind of what to expect. And you see, you see that main feeder band coming in um, right into the center of Elsa here and and that feeder band gets to starts getting into Charleston, you know, anytime after midnight to 2 a.m. And then this continues to trek northward. It's going to trek northward pretty quickly into the PD. We should also at this time start to see Elsa accelerate its forward movement to the northeast a little bit. That's what we're hoping for. 
And Jared, I'm just looking at this. And again, this is just model run. So don't take this verbatim, but that really that corridor of heavy rain is connecting between the Charleston, Columbia area over towards Florence, South Carolina. So that's likely where we're going to see a lot of heavy rain overnight is between Charleston, Columbia, Florence, South Carolina, up into the Charlotte area. Yep. And and as we move forward in time here, going to about this is about 10 a.m. tomorrow, we'll have that feeder band moving through Wilmington. And again, there there certainly seems to be I'm going to put on I'm going to put on another uh, the 850 win there. There is some. Yeah, there's I mean, there's there certainly is some shear there that we're going to want to keep a close eye on as well. Um, And so. And so, yeah, so we're going to want to obviously make this, uh, I'm going to take myself full screen, actually. We can, we can all look at this together, but, you know, we see the, uh, uh, you know, we see the, um, the inflow into here. So Wilmington, Charlotte to Wilmington, probably going to see the most intensive convective rains, honestly, on the I-95 corridor uh, heading into North Carolina as we get into tomorrow afternoon. And again, the good news is, is that this will be accelerating out, um, and so North Carolina, you're not going to have really prolonged impacts, but uh, won't rule out the potential for a brief tornado. It won't rule out, you know, certainly some pockets of heavy uh, damaging wind and rain. And um, so that's something that we're going to want to, you know, that's certainly something that we're going to want to keep a very close eye on uh, as uh, time goes on. Yeah, you know, with any tropical system, uh, for those folks who've lived here in the Carolinas, you know this. For those who may be new to the area, when we see landfall in tropical systems, there's always that tornado threat uh, associated with them. And these tornadoes are not like the tornadoes you see out west. They're on the ground for minutes upon minutes upon minutes and are visible. These are more isolated, short-lived spin-ups. But history have proven, even last year, as uh, one of the storms, I think it was Isaias, uh, produced some pretty hefty tornadoes in the uh, the Wilmington area. So these tornadoes, although be it they're short-lived, they can still be strong. So you definitely need to be mindful of that. Uh, so have a way to receive warnings. Make sure your cell phone's charged up. You have a weather radio. You have at least three ways to receive warning. Uh, and these things, these warnings could pop up pretty quickly. So uh, just be on guard uh, tonight in the Midlands, in the low country of South Carolina. And then as the morning progresses into the afternoon, you get into central and eastern North Carolina with that tornado threat. So mm-hmm. um, Lisa's asking about winds in Conway, South Carolina. I'm assuming Conway, South Carolina. Mm-hmm. Um, again, Lisa, that's, uh, the track Jared is shifting a little bit more, like we said, westward. So places like Myrtle beach, like Conway, like Wilmington may not see that long sustained period of, of gusty winds. But if you were to find yourself in a thunderstorm, that also could produce some day, uh, some gusty winds as well. So yeah. And one thing that I'll note, too, is that, you know, is that the winds over the water that are the inflow winds into Elsa are going to be stronger because, you know, if you think about it, water just, it, you know, if you think about friction. Right. And, and land is going to just generate more friction than water will. Water is a much smoother surface than land. And so and so we're going to see those higher wind gusts um, 
certainly um, coming over the water. And we may see in some coastal spots further up into the Grand Strand and, and into Wilmington, we may see, you know, a, a period of even stronger winds, even though you're well away from the center. That's something that absolutely can happen here. Uh, and in fact, as the storm moves, you know, starts moving northeast even further, it'll probably be out of the Carolinas by the time this happens. But it should actually restrengthen a little bit uh, as it uh, as it begins to make its extratropical transition. That wind field will expand and strengthen a little bit. So, um, but but that being said. Uh, Scott is absolutely correct is that the best possibility for seeing any issues with the wind is going to happen generally within one of these convective bands within a thunderstorm within, um, you know, where we can get some of that mixing that pulls that wind, um, which is stronger aloft because again, no friction. It just, it it can, you know, it it twirl and twirl and twirl. It's the surface winds that we use to measure, you know, what the ultimate strength of the storm is. And, and so, yes, we could we could see those gusts. However, again, the the expectation is not a major wind event. The expectation is going to certainly be heavy rain. Um, the potential for flooding, I think, is going to far outstrip any wind event here. I would not be surprised to have some down trees. I would be re- I would be ready for some short lived power outages. I think that's a prudent thing to do with any storm like this. I'll, I would tell you to do that on the summer thunderstorm day. Um, pop-up thunderstorms i mean one strike and you're out of power for a couple hours and it's really hot so and and so you know so this is and i'm, and I'm not saying that this is a run in the middle of summer thunderstorm but i also want to put it in perspective a little bit too is that this is not going to be you know i know that i know that we have experience recent experience in the pd with uh, some pretty nasty storms uh, doing a lot of causing a lot of problems. And the good news is this is not going to be one of them. This is not going to stall out. This is going to be moving through very quickly. It'll dry, you know, you get some time to dry out tomorrow. You may see some thunderstorms in the back end uh, on just scattered summer thunderstorms in the afternoon tomorrow. But overall, um, not looking at too hard of a hit right now. But I will caution you that, you know, if if the if the parameters stay favorable, we could see that tornado watch extended northeastward along the coast. So that would be the one wild card there that I would be, want to really keep an eye on uh, for those of you up in the Grand Strand PD and uh, getting into eastern North Carolina. Jared, good question. You, I think you may have put Renee there. To, she was asking, do you expect tornado watches in the Myrtle Beach area? So uh, we'll have to watch how that uh, how that progresses. Uh, let me see. There's so many questions coming in, so please uh, let us uh, scroll through these. Uh, here's one. Uh, Sonia is asking about um, what it's going to be like in Columbia. So, Sonia, uh, tonight in Columbia, we're going to see some heavy rain start um, after midnight, some gusty winds, potential for um, some stronger thunderstorms that could produce a isolated tornado. So we'll have to watch that threat, but definitely some uh, heavy rain tonight and the possibility of some gusty winds. Um, they're going so fast. Um, here's one for you, Jared. Uh, Paula Rains wanting to know how the morning commute is going to be in Charleston. Uh, the morning commute. Uh, I mean, <clears throat> and you've got another some... one. Corey's also asking about expected yeah. rainfall in Charleston. So I'll yeah. let you cover those. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So the first thing is, is that if somebody pour, if somebody spills water in the wrong place on the road in Charleston, the morning commute is is, is destroyed. Right. So, I mean, so that's part of it. However, what, what it does look like based on some of the modeling here is that we should get the worst of this out of here by the time the morning commute hits. Now, I, I think that the other question is going to be, you know, how slow is the storm moving forward? You know, is this convective band hanging around a little longer than we expect? And, you know, and how much rain has fallen previously, especially downtown. 
And those are big questions right now. We could see places could see an inch or less of rain. Some places could see four to five inches of rain. And unfortunately, we're really not going to know where that is until until it happens. In many cases, we see this convective band of the south. This, the, you know, the one that we kind of opened the show with here. I'll, uh, I'll 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 key in my radar here real quick, and uh, and again, we'll we'll kind of point at this guy real quick. So this guy that's moving into Savannah right now. Again, this area right here is the one that I'm, you know, is that I'm most concerned about for for an overnight threat. However, uh, as long as it moves and it, and it moves, you know, fairly efficiently, we should not have too many disruptions. Uh, but stay tuned. I think that's the other thing that, you know, this is a, tro- <laughs> this is a tropical cyclone and, and these things can throw us curveballs at times, but I think we've got a pretty good handle on, you know, what's going to be what, um, but again, uh, we may very well see some of the axis of heavier rain even move a little more inland, too, especially if this continues to wobble westward um, as well. So don't be surprised if you see even higher rain totals inland than you do at the coast. Uh, that certainly is not out of the question either. Uh, Renee and Will, I will get to your questions in just a second, but we had a, a question here and I wanted to bring in panelist Dan Whitaker. Uh, Dan, normally out chasing these events, but it's at home tonight. Dan, a uh, few people talking about what it, the conditions will be like. Um, no tropical storm or hurricane is like another one, but you've been out there enough in these things to kind of give an idea of what is it like when you're out traveling in one of these things. And, and I would sure you're, you would encourage folks probably to stay home if they could. That's right. Yeah. Uh, and I think, you know, kind of piggybacking on what's been said, one of the good things is, is this doesn't seem to be a catastrophic event. And, um, and therefore we can kind of um, see this thing sweep through and experience some of the light effects of it. And, and hopefully, you know, here we are in the Carolinas, um, you get tropical weather. It just happens, right? Uh, is what we sign up for. So um, I, I kind of like to appreciate the uh, the kind of the atmosphere that it does bring this light kind of misty, uh, fast moving rain. Um, it's typically kind of warmer out. It's different than your summer thunderstorm, even where you have cooler rain, kind of bigger raindrops hitting you. Um, this is a lighter, warmer mist uh, when these tropical systems roll through. And uh, personally, I kind of like it. I uh, chasing enough storms uh enough of these hurricanes uh, the first few times i did it i realized i was gonna get just soaked by the first couple hours in and that's the end of it so i'm just gonna be soaked the whole time so i've, I've learned to really kind of enjoy the essence of uh being wet by this misty kind of warmish rain and um so so that's kind of what it's like i mean fast moving kind of mist for the most part um that comes and goes in these waves of rain bands is what we call them which is you can see it spinning around the radar of uh, intensifying or uh, less intense rain bands with little breaks in the middle. And, and like everything in this world, it doesn't just stay steady the whole time. You'll get some periods where it's a little more intense, a little more windy, a little more rainy. Some periods where it seems kind of just muggy out. Um, but either way, you know, if you're in the Carolinas for this event um, and you do get the opportunity to safely kind of step outside and feel that. Uh, tropical mist. Um, it's something that I can appreciate. So that's a good perspective, Dan. You've got a lot of us jealous at times out there chasing these things. Um, Dan, uh, I want to transition to a few more questions. Renee Bailey asking about will Morganton get any rain? Will Silver Silvers asking about Fort Mill, South Carolina. So I want to screen share my screen here with you all. 
kind of show you what I am looking at. Uh, can you guys see this? All right, there we go. It's up. So uh, this was a little map that I made, and I want you to see this sharp cutoff. Uh, this is, <laughs> as with any storm in North Carolina, it seems like Interstate 85 plays that dividing role. And so I don't know if you can follow my cursor here, but that's Interstate 85. So if you live along and south and east of Interstate 85, that is where we expect to see the rain really start to pile up. Uh, we'll ask in about Fort Mill. Uh, this model's showing about an inch and a half. So I'd say anywhere between one to two inches of rain is possible in the Fort Mill area. Uh, Renee was asking about Morganton. Morganton highlighted here is about 65 one hundredths of an inch of rain. Kind of same with Hickory up into Statesville. So you can kind of see along Interstate 40 corridor, where we may not reach three quarters of an inch. So there's a sharp cutoff. Now, I will say this. There's one caveat to that. As we've been talking about a few times now, if that wobble continues to wobble to the west with this storm, we could see these higher totals also transition to the west so we will see what the uh, latest uh, outlook looks like here at 11 o'clock and, and those rainfall totals could be adjusted but right now if you live anywhere between Asheville, Morganton, Hickory, Statesville, Boone up in this area of North Carolina you can expect anywhere between uh, we'll say a quarter of an inch to about an inch of rain. If you live along Interstate 85 from Greenville-Spartanburg through Rock Hill, Gastonia, Charlotte, Concord, up into Greensboro, Winston-Salem, you could see anywhere between one, maybe two inches of rain. And it's really until you get into the PD area of Pageland, Kershaw County, over towards Raleigh-Durham area that where you could see two to three inches of rain and kind of the, the bull's eye of the heavy rain for tomorrow. So that's kind of a rough, rough look at what it looks like with that. So I'll stop sharing my screen here. Uh, but that is kind of what, uh, what it looks like here in the upstate of South Carolina, western North Carolina. There is going to be a, a sharp cutoff. Um, I was uh, interviewed yesterday by one of our local newspapers, and uh, it is no secret that western North Carolina is, is – quickly getting into a drought situation. All the rain has been uh, either in Tennessee or in the eastern part of North Carolina. Uh, so uh, we, we definitely need some rainfall here in western North Carolina, but it's a game of have and have-nots. And unfortunately, if you live in western North Carolina, it's going to be a have-not situation uh, this go-around. So... Um, let's see. Looking impacts uh, the barbecue pirate. Sounds like a good name. <laughs> the barbecue pirate wanted to know about the impacts expected in Greenville, North Carolina. Uh, Jared, do you want to kind of talk a little bit about that? I know we were talking about Eastern North Carolina just a little bit ago. Yeah, and you know, and I read that as uh, you know, and, and admittedly, when I see uh, this is my bias, I saw Greenville. I was like, oh, Green Greenville, you guys are fine. What are you talking about? But no, no, different Greenville, <laughs> very different Greenville. Um, uh, uh, hopefully you don't pronounce it Grenville like you do Beaufort. Um, you know, we have to uh, make our adjustments there. So uh, let me, uh, so we'll talk about that. And again, uh, Scotty, actually, if you want to, uh, if, if you've got another uh, version of that map, I don't have a good yeah. source on hand for that. So if you want to bring that, yep. if, if you can get me a map that is a little Give further me. to the coast, we can talk about that. Sure. But, for Green, but for Greenville, again, the thing that we're looking at the most the, the the thing that we're looking for is you know again brief periods of heavy rain um you know a feeder ban for a few hours possibly with some cells within it and and again i'm not yet going to count y'all out in the potential for a brief tornado 
we'll need to see where the center ends up. We'll need to see how it spins down. We'll need to see how all that works out. But again, I, I, I don't want to, um, I, I don't want to necessarily, uh, you count y'all out for that potential just yet. However, it would be during the day. So that's uh, a better deal than what we're getting down here. That's for sure. Uh, so here's your QPF, um, uh, from NDFT. And again, Greenville right in this area. So not a lot no. of rain right now, but, uh, that could change. Yeah. And, and, and I think that this is, you know, they're, they're going, you know, and again, this is going to be one of those things that's kind of feast or famine too. And it largely will, uh, largely will, um, depend on where the band's set up, you know, and if, and, and how, you know, and, if, it, if that feeder band can keep going, there's also going to be some hints of an extra tropical transition here where you go away from that feeder band and more to like a frontal setup. So there's, it, we're going to have, it's going to, that forecast get certainly gets complicated as you get further Northeast, but we'll keep an eye on that right now. Um, let's let's over, take a look at the wind, wind gusts yeah. while, while I've got it up here mm-hmm. and kind of see here. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, again, there's, you can yeah. kind of see the, the center right here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and, and to show, and, and, and so you'll know, Scotty is showing you the national weather service forecast grids. This is edited by a human. This is not the models. So this is, this is the, this is, this is actually the official forecast grid that we're showing you here. So this is not, this, this is not a model guidance or anything like that. This is what is expected to happen. Um, you can see this feeder band where you're talking about that onshore flow. Uh, mm-hmm. I can zoom in here, but this is showing wind gusts. You know, this is Cape lookout right here. Wind mm-hmm. gusts 40, 50 miles per hour tomorrow afternoon, early evening. So as, uh, as Elsa continues, as you were talking about Jared, that, that switch over, uh, could really produce some gusty winds here in Eastern North mm-hmm. Carolina. Yeah, absolutely. And so, you know, that's certainly something that we're going to want to keep a close eye on. Um, you know, for wind gusts anywhere around, anywhere along the coast. I mean, you're going to see some gusty winds. I mean, the tropical storm watches uh, on the North Carolina coast. There's going to be warnings on the marine zones there. So certainly something to watch. Um, we also have questions here about uh, we have uh, Scott, if you wouldn't actually, I'm sorry, buddy, if you wouldn't mind bringing <laughs> you up your, your rain map. I think we have a lot of questions here come from Barnwell and Irmo and um, Tomek Garden City. So I think I think the thing that we can do here is we'll just, we'll uh, just leave this up. Yeah, we'll, we'll we'll leave that up for a few minutes here. We'll we'll do that. So let me uh, let me take you back full here. And, and um, again, like you said, Jared, uh, I'm not handpicking a model. You know, we have the mm-hmm. NAM, we have the HRR, we have the Euro, mm-hmm. the GFA. This is yep. this is straight from the Weather Service. So this yep. is kind of everything put in together and yep. averaged out. So that's the best way that I like to approach these systems. Mm-hmm. So. Absolutely. So, um, so for Barnwell, you know, what we're looking at, you're going to be pretty close to the center tonight. Um, you, you are under a tornado watch as, um, as was previously mentioned earlier tonight, uh, you're going to be under that tornado watch until 5. AM. Hopefully it'll be canceled a little bit sooner than that. But, um, in that center track there, you're probably going to see the, the, the heaviest rain may very well come through Barnwell. Uh, two to three inches are being forecasted here by the National Weather Service. Um, we are, you know, we'll obviously within any heavier rain bands or any uh, small, you know, the thunderstorm elements there, we may have an issue. Uh, you know, we may have issues with additional rainfall there. So, again, the general good guideline, two to four inches. 
of rain and you will have a tornado threat for at least the next little while. Uh, once that center lifts north of you, you're going to be good to go there. And actually, the and, 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 and also the southwest side of Elsa is pretty much dry. This is a lopsided storm. So, so when it's over, it's going to be over pretty fast. So happy about that. That's going to be, that'll be good for you over in Barnwell. Um, we have questions about Irmo. And again, that this is, again, you're kind of also kind of in that corridor where that center is going to get awfully close. And, um, and, and so again, you're looking at two to three inches of rain. Um, tornado potential will be lower for you in Irmo. You're not going to be in that right front quadrant. You're not going to be in that area where we're concerned about that um, tornado risk. So I would not worry about that so much in Irmo. You may see some gusty winds. Um, Again, just as a matter of course, as the center moves uh, moves through, uh, this is going to be more of a tomorrow thing for you too. Um, you'll see some some rain move in tonight, but you know this will very very much a tomorrow thing uh, for you as well. So um, let's see. So we've got a uh, Garden City, uh, South Carolina tornado potential. So again, let me uh, let me pull that real fast. Uh, Generally speaking, I would say that, let's see, you know, I'm thinking that anywhere that is going to be, if you are in the I-95 corridor, if you're anywhere along or east of I-95, I would probably say that is where you're going to see you know, the potential for a few spin-up tornadoes. That, again, that, and then that could decrease uh, the further northeast that you go. So, um, so obviously, we're going we're gonna to keep an eye on that. We're going to, again, there's a big question as to how far north and west, or north and east, rather, that the tornado threat will go. Um, you know, if, if the center wobbles inland a little bit more, a little bit better moisture moves in, then we could see this tornado threat go even further, a little more inland. So uh, certainly something that we're going to want to watch uh, there. Um, Onslow County, Scotty, I think I'll, um, I'll yeah. turn this one over to you. Yeah, so Onslow County here on the North Carolina coast near Jacksonville. Uh, right now, everything looks to be passing off to your west. Uh, not saying that you can't get a heavier band of rain, uh, some gusty winds, maybe in a potential tornado. But, um, again, the heaviest of the rain accumulation-wise right now looks to be along the uh, Interstate 85 to 95 corridor. So Onslow uh, County, you should be fine. Just saw another um, Take Flight 14 asking about Kershaw. County, South Carolina, and Kershaw County right here just outside the Columbia Metro. Looks like the heart of this system is going to travel over you tonight into tomorrow morning. So again, gusty winds. Uh, we could see anywhere between two, three, maybe four inches of rain. We'll also have to watch out for that isolated excuse me, isolated tornado threat. So um, hopefully that answers you. And then Dina just saw your question about the upstate of South Carolina. Good thing uh, for the upstate is you are on the far western part of this. So, you know, outside of some rain showers, uh, I don't think winds are going to be a problem. Severe weather is not going to be a problem. But we could see one or two tropical downpours that could, you know, accumulate some rain pretty quickly. But uh, no major issues expected in the upstate of South Carolina. So... Uh, I think that's we got caught up on the questions, I believe. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, it looks that looks that way. So I want to take this map down for a little bit. Yeah. So excellent lightning round. Uh, thank you all for your questions. Uh, this is again, this is what we're here for. Um, and again, even after we cease the live stream, you know, we have Facebook, we have Twitter. You know, ask us. You know, we we we've we are very happy to answer your questions. As uh, um, as you know, this is you know again. 
You know, what's funny about these is that you can you can often say that they're more like rain with a name. Right. Like it's um, and, and, and you want to be careful about how you characterize tropical systems, because some tropical systems are, are legitimately very dangerous. Some of them are on their face, not so dangerous. And then you have things like Elsa, where you could have pockets of danger, such as the tornado threat. So, you know, obviously it's very difficult to message. And, you know, the other thing, the, 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 the other hardest part of messaging these things is, you know, we're talking about the center track. We've been talking about that a lot. And we say, don't pay too much close attention to the center, except when we need to pay close attention to the center uh, to figure out just how far inland some of this stuff is. So, it's, you know, it's, it's a complicated mess trying to message this stuff out. So that's why we're here. That's why we're here to help you with your questions. And because um, we know it's, a, you know, we, we know that this is, a, you know, it's kind of scary. You see the tropical storm flags flying. You see all the, you know, you see the, the the news coverage ramp up and everything like that. And so we want to make sure that that y'all know that we've, you know, we've got your back here and uh, happy to, we're very happy to take these questions for you. Jared, uh, I know you, you, you're on Twitter a lot like I am, and I, I apologize that I can't find the original source of the tweet, but I'll kind of describe it to you. You're talking about Elsa. Uh, there's also a system moving into coastal Texas, that doesn't have a name that is actually producing more flooding and heavy rain. And it was a comparison of what, what's the difference and you know, what, what is the difference? You know, the, the impacts from this Texas system, I mean, Elsa and the tornado damage in Jacksonville, which, you know, I saw pictures out of there and just some, some devastating images out of that. And I'm not sure I'm not following. I I don't think this system in Texas has produced tornadoes, but the rainfall in Texas is definitely outpacing the rainfall that Elsa uh, is giving off. So it is that distinction of, you know, these systems uh, that, uh, you know, that, that we're watching. We have one that's affecting Texas that doesn't have a name that may could warrant a name. And then we have Elsa that, you know, thankfully it's not been too big of a deal outside of, out of the damage uh, there in Jacksonville this evening. Yeah. And, 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 and that's, um, you know, and, and, and that is uh, the most interesting thing. Like, so uh, that Texas storm, the Weather Prediction Center a few years ago moved to, you know, we we have shows on this. So definitely recommend that you, you know, go back through. We'll, we can link you to them. Um, but they have recently in the last few years adopted a, a excessive rainfall outlook. So if you've been following us for years, following anybody on weather Twitter for years, uh, anybody does weather, you're familiar with the severe weather outlook, you know, the marginal slight moderate, high, enhanced, what have you. Um, So the Weather Prediction Center has started doing this as well for flash flood threats. And there is a moderate risk of flash flooding um, in the South Carolina low country. There is a high risk of flash flooding in Texas. And in in the few years that WPC has had this, they have been able to correlate significant impacts with the existence of a high risk kind of it. So, so just give you a general idea of, of, you know, again, sometimes meteorological structure gets in the way of messaging, right? Sometimes the structure gets in the way of the messaging a little bit. And it's going to be one of those cases where we have to straddle the line, be very careful because people hear tropical storm, we get freaked out. You know, I mean, you, you know, I have, I have family across the country, 
in in California. They 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 knew nothing about this. This is not something that they deal with. They're 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 good with earthquakes. You know, they don't they don't see their problems coming. They just happen. Um, but they see tropical storm here, and they're like, "Oh God, are you going to be okay?" It's like, "Yeah, it's just a little rain. We'll, we'll be fine." So. I, I think that's the thing that I want to make sure that we all get there. We did get a question about the tornado threat in Fort Mill. And so that's going to be uh, right, right around Charlotte. And, and I think that that is going to not be so much of a concern there. Again, you're going to have the, you know, you're going to have the center come through there, but you're not going to have that. You're not going to have that, that broad area of wind shear uh, that is going to be overspreading more of Eastern North Carolina and the I-95 corridors. So I don't think that you're going to have many problems in Fort Mill. Jared, I'll butt in from the Charlotte area. James Priorton here in Charlotte, and I think you're exactly right. Here is that SPC day one overnight outlook for tornadoes that shows us that that, that risk, 5% along the South Carolina coast, 2% kind of banding off of that a little bit further inland towards Columbia, but shy of Augusta, shy of Fort Mill. Uh, this is, again, this is the... Um, one for the remainder through the overnight, and then tomorrow that 2% slides up along the coast. So does it get close to Fort Mill? Yeah, kind of, sort of. So I won't call it 0%, but I'll call it not really too big of a concern. I think a lot of those impacts for tornadoes and the heaviest of rain in the Charlotte perspective will be south and east of the Charlotte area. And Fort Mill might just be on the correct side of that uh, orientation to not have too much to worry about. Yep, I think the the heavy rain potential in Fort Mills outweighs the tornado True. threat. Tomorrow. Yes, yeah, that's my kind of my, one of my concerns overnight. I was just talking to my parents who live not in Fort Mill but just across the state line in Ballantyne, and I was reminding them that their weather radio will be good for three things: tornado warnings, flash flood warnings, and severe thunderstorm warnings. But it's going to be less of a thing in this particular scenario. Yeah, just just remember in the Charlotte area and the surrounding areas, not only Charlotte, but Gastonia, Monroe, Fort Mill, up into uh, Davidson, Cornelius. A lot of that is paved and there's a lot of heavy mm. rainfall falling. This is a tropical environment, so you're going to get a lot of precipitation falling at once. That doesn't really have anywhere to go, so it just kind of out. It just flows into wherever it can, and eventually the storm drain system gets plugged up and we start to see that street flooding and, and i believe that could become a concern tomorrow especially if we see that heavy rain track right along the interstate 85 corridor. i mean i like eli's suggestion for brad <laughs> he's on vacation so if he's on That's vacation true. if he's on vacation you know it's not really going to be that that big of a deal so <laughs> If Panovich is on vacation, I, you know, that that shows you right there. Yeah, we're going to see a rainy, breezy day tomorrow, but there shouldn't be, I say shouldn't be, too big of an issue. But only tomorrow we'll, we'll be able to, to know that by tomorrow. <laughs> Question about Roanoke Rapids. Um, I think, you know, heavy rain like we talked about, again, in that, about that 2% tornado risk, which to equate it, Chris Mulcahy put this well today, that's 1 in 50 two percent and so we say this all the time you told me i had a uh one fifty percent chance of winning the lotto i'd be buying a ticket so don't discount those two percent the two percent chance of seeing a tornado and the two percent chance of like getting an afternoon shower because people are so used to be like oh ten percent chance that means nothing ten percent chance of rain and two percent chance of tornado are not no, <laughs> the same they, they not equivalent <laughs> not equivalent at all Two uh, percent on the lower side, certainly. Yeah. 
Um, uh, James, I think what I want to do here is, you know, we've 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 had some people join us from the Carolina Weather Net. We've had people, um, you know, come in and out, and I'm sure that we'll want to. We're probably going to wrap up here in the next few minutes. Uh, so I wanted to do a quick reset as to where we are, where things stand as far as uh, uh, as far as you know. You know what to expect here for the next few hours, uh, particularly in the Charleston metro area, and what's going on right now. Um, so, uh, so uh, before I do that, we have an interesting question here: um, Does arrival time mean the worst of the weather or the beginning of the weather? It's an interesting question, and I, I have a graphic that might help with this explanation in part. And I'm, uh, Jared, I'll let you continue, but I thought maybe yeah. this arrival time of winds. Is mm-hmm. a different take on the also popular cone. Yeah, I actually really like the arrival time graphics better. Truth be told, uh, what this is, what, what James has got up on the screen here, is the earliest reasonable arrival time of tropical storm force winds. So when we do this, we are talking about when we, when we talk about this, we're talking about the the point at which the winds gets too strong to do any additional preparation. Does that make sense? And right. and you and, go from preparing to ready. Yeah, go from preparing to hunker down. That's kind of the idea. So, so we're we're going to see this. You know, generally, you know, so generally speaking, the earliest arrival time, if there are going to be tropical storm force winds, again, that's not a guarantee here. Um, but if it, but if we were to see the worst of the weather, it probably the earliest that it would probably show up is a, uh, probably midday or, you know, maybe a little bit, but more likely a little bit later in the day. Um, that's not to say that Raleigh and, and, and Durham and that area is going to get tropical storm force winds. In fact, that seems very unlikely at this point. Uh, James, if you can pull the probabilities up, I want to show that one, too. Um, those probabilities are going to decrease very quickly as you get. That's a that's a, that's like a five, 10 percent probability. Um, yeah. It's not zero, but it's not, you know, but it's not exactly you know, a, a huge chance either. So the other um, thing I have here too, Jared, when we compare the arrival times of wind, right? So this is when the wind gets here. So, you know, we're already talking about 2 a.m. in Columbia and Charleston, 8 a.m. in Charlotte, Raleigh. Notice the times are different than the also popular forecast cone, which shows 2 p.m. Thursday over Raleigh. Because that's when the circulation, remember the forecast cone is all about the area of circulation. And then we've got wind and rain that extend outward from that. Yeah. And again, as we mentioned before, this is going to be a lopsided system. So generally, and it's going to be anywhere along and east of the track where you're going to see the heaviest rain and the potential for the strongest winds. And and and, and I will also say just... Um, you know, we love, you know, the Hurricane Center does uh, is constantly working on this, uh, doing wonderful things with it. But I, I will say that sometimes the graphics don't always do the best job. And, I, and they know this. They know this, by the way, that they don't always do the best job of expressing these situations where you have these lopsided storms. So. So, again, you know, certainly could see some wind, certainly could see some rain. You know, most of that wind is going to come within the, the rain bands. But unfortunately for your students, I don't um, I, I don't think that they're going to get out of school tomorrow. So you're not going to be able to, you know, will not no, no, uh, no, no class cancellation on that tomorrow. Um, another question here. Is it true? Elsa will reintensify once it enters the Atlantic again. So that is uh, that is a very interesting question because yes and no. In fact, it could begin to reintensify a little bit on land. Um, we we're talking about this a little bit earlier. 
we got the forecast track back up here and you'll see that it, it weakens to a depression, but then becomes a storm kind of over the Delmarva Peninsula. Now, now, what the heck? You know, it's like, hey, wait a second. What's what's going on here? Well, what, as it turns out, you know, there's going to start to be some additional forces working on this low. You have um, you have additional high pressure and frontal boundaries starting to starting to do this thing, um, do the thing on the wind. Windfield will expand and it will intensify the, because of a pressure gradient between high pressure and low pressure. And so that is going to help spin this up to a tropical storm, um, probably maintaining tropical characteristics up through about Massachusetts. And then once it gets up to Nova Scotia, then it becomes a little more extra tropical. Um, so, so there you go. Um, you know, it's uh, certainly possible. I mean, it, the, we saw this with Claudette, uh, which was the most bizarre storm I've ever seen. It intensified to a tropical storm over land and then it got over water and promptly fell apart. So that happened. Um, uh, but yes, that is that they, they keep in mind too that the that intensity in this case means the highest maximum sustained winds. That's going to be a very very small part of the storm, and that does not mean that it's the same at every part of the storm. It's only going to be a certain part of the storm where you're even going to see that. So. I think we can attempt to show the extent of the winds if I bring the cone back up, and you take a look over Georgia, and you see where I'm going to try to zoom this in. You see over Georgia where the X is, and that's the current location, and then there's an orange circle extending outward from that. That's the tropical storm force winds, right, guys? That's the uh, that's the reach of those winds. So that's kind of the extent of seeing those the full front winds, and that's kind of what Jared was talking about, too, in terms of probability. Yep. I'm going to put this on a monitor where I can see you know, the probability of seeing. So I think, again, along that I-95 corridor, it's going to be windy. Yeah, I think that's a pretty safe. Uh, I think that's a, a pretty safe assumption there for sure. So, yeah. um, Concord would be on the fringe of this one, Chris, uh, referring to a Facebook comment we have here mm -hmm. in terms of, I guess, depending on what your definition of high winds are. Um, you know, there's we can't rule out the chance of seeing um, some of those higher winds too. And again, it's worth reminding that you know, tropical storm force winds. You know, what does that mean? Um, and I was looking up here. It is, I always forget the, the knots to miles per hour uh, conversion. 39, mile 39 hour. miles per hour. 39 miles an hour. Tropical storm knots. force winds. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And again, that, that, that gets a, that gets kind of into the into the weeds of jargon a little bit. But um, yeah. generally speaking, you know, you're not going to see that sustained. It's very unlikely that you're going to see that sustained. It's probably going to be within, if you're going to see winds like that, it's going to be in squalls. And keep in mind that they weren't on a severe thunderstorm for 58 mile an hour winds. So let's put this in perspective a little bit too. When we're talking tropical storm force winds, we're talking below what would typically be considered severe limits. But the problem is, is that when you get a lot of rain, loosens up, loosens up the soil and it makes it a little bit easier for trees to come down. But but that but I want to make sure that we're starting to see, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I want to make sure that we're keeping this in perspective a little bit. Uh, we have um, we have a question from Beaufort here. We're starting to see hear a lot of thunder and getting flashes of lightning in the southeast. This is a beautiful segue. We're going to get to the Pasatank question here, I promise. Um, but this is a good segue into um, uh, pull up the radio here. We're looking at the, the Beaufort weather stem. Not really seeing a whole lot yet, but you'll probably see some lightning show up on that. Um, and, and and that'll and, and that'll show up. But I've got the radar up here, so let's. Uh, let, Jared, let's I, yep. I got a little thing to add on to you. I just I don't know if you've been monitoring. I'm I'm sure you have. But uh, out of uh, McIntosh County, Georgia, 
in a one hour time span from 8 to 9 p.m., there was 3.05 inches of rain measured in a one hour time span. In a 15 minute time span from 8.15 to 8.30, 1.48 inches of rain was measured. So uh, yeah. that shows you how much moisture and precipitation is falling with that band. Yeah, it's a tropical system for sure. So, yeah, let's talk about this band right now. It's um, it, it's lined up pretty much from Savannah. Savannah's right on the tip of this now. So Savannah's starting to get this. Um, the lightning incredibly is down a little bit um, in the last few frames, although it certainly seems like there's some additional. I did see a strike of lightning in the distance in that Buford camera. Yeah. Pinned it back on the side now. Cool. Yeah. So, so that certainly is something that we're going to want to watch uh, pretty closely here, but Buford, this is still going to be, this is still, you know, there's still a ways to go on this. So we'll put this in a motion here. Um, you, you still got about an hour or two before this reaches you. Uh, but, but it certainly looks like it is headed that direction. Hilton Head, Beaufort, um, you know, and, and as Scotty talked about, you know, the, the, the reports that we're starting to get uh, from observers. This is not radar estimates. These are observers uh, in Georgia that these are putting down two to three inches of rain in an hour. Um, and that's legit. I mean, that's backed up very well with the radar estimates, too. So um, it's certainly something to watch. And, and again, within these bands, these are the bands that we would be most concerned about the potential for uh brief t- spin up tornadoes as well. So in fact, in, in fact, there's a special Marine warning out on this storm right now for the potential for water spouts is a, a shear line, uh, kind of a line of just lots of uh, rotation, um, just like intermittent bits of rotation, just offshore. We have no land-based tornado warnings right now, which is really good news. And I hope it stays like that all night, but that, um, that same site report in the rain recorded a 36 knot wind gust. So yeah. I have to do the translation. I can't remember what that that's, is. That's, that's, that's roughly, head. that's just slightly over 40 miles an hour. So, I mean, again, that's tropical storm force wind. That's and And so, and so again, you know, that's, that's, you know, about what we would expect from these again, in a typical situation, the Weather Service is issuing special weather statements saying that you got a, a thunderstorm with gusty winds about to come through. So I don't want to expecting a mesoscale discussion in a moment, too. Yeah. I'm not, if I'm not mistaken. OK. Yeah, yeah there's like going to be like a it's, it's up now. I was waiting for it to I saw the tweet come out and I was waiting for um, it actually to like hit the systems. And for, for those of you who aren't familiar, mesoscale discussion is a meteorologist to meteorologist little chat. It's not a bulletin. It's not a watch. It's not a warning. It just means, hey, we're watching for these favorable conditions. And they've now gone ahead and kind of highlighted the exact area we're talking about um, just for that, like kind of that tornado threat here uh, along that. Georgia South Carolina border so the weather service is watching that too yeah so yeah, it, yeah it, oh go ahead Dan I sorry I was just gonna say that it looks like that discussion did post uh two minutes ago I'm reading now um they're just basically saying what we went over there the uh tornado threat continues um they're looking at the same primary rain band that we were just talking about as well here so yeah uh, that does seem to be the the area of yeah. uh, keeping an eye yeah, well, we'll just have to assume that the Storm Prediction Center is watching the Carolina Weather Group and was like, oh, yeah, that's a good idea. We should talk about that. And they should. I love I love that timing. Yeah, let's go with that. that, that, that I'm going to go with that timing. Correlation is causation after all. So, um, again, but that is the band that we're going to watch. That's that's the band that we're going to be most interested in for the low country South Carolina over the next few hours. Um, once that band clears, then pretty much done. That's the good news is that it's pretty much over when that band is done. That's going to be the main event. So that's what we'll be watching. 
Um, this will be, uh, I'll, 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 I could have used my time a little more wisely there and put a timer on it. Um, I'll do that real quick. If you guys want to jump in and uh, maybe get the uh, Passatank question real quick. Yeah. So uh, Passatank County, uh, that is uh, going to be on the coastal area. It's That's an interesting area because at, at some point this is going to exit back out into the Atlantic and uh, some of the models are showing some gusty winds in northeastern North Carolina. Uh, so we'll have to see if that comes to fruition. Right now, model average model data is showing uh, wind gusts 30 to 35 miles per hour in that area uh, tomorrow afternoon. Again, some rainfall possible, and depending on the instability uh, with daylight heating and things like that, we could see an isolated uh, strong to severe storm. I think uh, James was showing a 2% chance in that area uh, for a tornado tomorrow. So uh, we'll watch that area again. It, it's going to be interesting to see what happens as it starts to transition off of the, off of the land back into the, uh, to the Atlantic to see if uh, we could see some winds wrap around and really get gusty in that area. But James had the, the graphic up there, 2% chance tornado, which is an extremely high, but it's, it, it, it's on the lower in but it is a threat so and it's um, worth we'll pointing to... out again that that is for after 8 a.m tomorrow day two if i'm not yes. mistaken whereas day one which runs us overnight now through 8 a.m shows us that five percent chance along the south carolina coast which brings us full circle back around to the mesoscale discussion we were just talking about Yes. Yeah, and, and timing out that band a little bit, it looks like we're going to start to see that. That's going to get into, the, we're starting to see some of the heavier rain from that get into lower South Carolina now, but the band itself is probably going to be, it's probably still an hour or two behind. Um, I would I would estimate that we wouldn't even see it in the Hilton Head until for the for another hour and a half uh the the leading edge of that main band and again so it's not moving very fast i think that's the, that's the thing that we're going to need to keep a very close eye on because we know that it can produce a lot of rain and i'm looking at some of the rainfall estimates from the radar here um some of the storm total rainfall estimates and we're already seeing some spots you know three to four inches of rain um you know starting this morning and so with 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 some spots that have seen you know two to three inches of rain in an hour so again we're gonna have to watch this closely I mean, this is the main event this is the thing that we're gonna have to be you know most concerned about for the potential for brief spin-up tornadoes and uh, very heavy uh, flooding rain yeah and uh, just fyi monitoring some of the chat um you know, no other talk of, of anything. I know the Columbia office was watching some storms, but uh, they have since kind of let their guard down a little bit for the time being. So I'll, at the start of the show, we were talking about that. So we'll continue to wa- monitor the inland effects as well as this moves into uh, into the South Carolina area. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And again, but the nighttime part really complicates this. I, I want to, you know, it, it makes this difficult because, um, it's a little more cut and dry when you have daytime heating involved because that gets that instability bubbling. But then at night you get a stable air, uh, you, you get a little bit of decoupling there, and and, and that can that can inhibit um, the uh, tornadic winds from getting to the surface. You don't see that as much on the water, but you definitely see it on the land. Land cools faster than water, so that's why we're seeing water spouts. But when but I'm noticing that when these circulations get closer to land, they begin to dissipate. So. Again, that's not saying, I mean, there's a tornado watch out. The conditions are right, but it's going to be really interesting to see if the tornado threat can continue to translate overnight. We're just, that's, that's a big unknown right now. 
Yeah, let's show people here real fast where some of these um, active watches and warnings are here at the 10 o'clock hour. We'll pop them up on your screen. Lots of colors coming your way right now. Uh, but everything in yellow, those are the tornado watches that go until at least 5 a.m. And you can see those are in effect for coastal Georgia and South Carolina, kind of up towards the Orangeburg area. Even looks like that was even tacked on uh, as an additional amendment. And then we do have the tropical storm warnings up for the South Carolina coast, some of the inland counties as well, including Charleston and Hilton Head. And then that transitions over to a tropical storm watch where conditions are anticipated uh, in the North Carolina area. I will say, guys, it's interesting to me. Uh, National Weather Service in Raleigh was uh, pretty early on this afternoon in getting their uh, trop. Uh, excuse me, their flash flood watch out. That's what's in green there. I was expecting other offices to follow suit. I was expecting some of South Carolina to be painted green tonight. That's uh, Jared. What's your line? We can predict the weather, but not the humans. Yeah, we can't we can't predict we, we can't we can't sit here and try to predict the agencies. Um, so keep in mind, too, that other areas are going to have a little bit more flash flood tolerance than than other spots. And, you know, and this is going to be more of a banding event event here, but it could be a more widespread rain event um, up there. And there's also the confidence factor, too. Not really a lot of confidence in any one spot where the heaviest rain could fall. It's very difficult to issue a watch under those conditions. And so so that's something that we're going to, you know, so again, uh, presume that there is a risk for flooding tonight. I mean, it's a, tro it's a landfalling tropical system. Just, just assume flooding is part of the game here. Um, but uh, but yeah, you know, it's uh, it, it's it, it's one of those things, but I'm not on the hot seat. I do not claim to speak for the people in the hot seat and uh, they are a lot better at this than I am. So um, but that being said, you know, I think we I think the impacts are clear. I think that, you know, the weather the weather enterprise has done a good job messaging the impacts watch or no watch. And I think we're going to be just fine in that regard. So, um, but yeah, it is interesting to see that just that little difference there. And uh, with regards to these overnight warnings, uh, you can catch them throughout the night on our streaming Carolina Weather Net. It's a service that we offer on the Carolina Weather Group YouTube channel. It's absolutely free. No cable or satellite subscription is required. And uh, the uh, fine men and women at the National Weather Service, as they're issuing warnings, uh, those will come right on into the net. So we'll have special reports just like this one we're doing right now. If you subscribe, you'll be notified when we come up on the air with these special live events. But if you just want to find something and park it there, Carolina weather nets the place for that. Yeah, I think we could, uh, seems like the questions have kind of slimmed down so we can probably start to put a bow on this. Uh, do want to do a talking point. Uh, this was the earliest E named storm and, uh, and that we've had. And if it would have remained hurricane status, I think it would have been the first earliest E named hurricane making landfall too, but we just missed that. And I don't think anybody's going to complain about that. <laughs> can, can we, can we please not outpace 2020 in anything? We, I mean, our East storm came before 2020s East storm. I, I just, no, I just, that that's, that is not the energy that we need this year. You know, it's, um, I don't know, man. I don't know. It's, it's, it's crazy to think that we could have a season as busy as last year, but we're sure off to a, that start. Um, maybe we can slow things down. I don't know. 
So again, uh, we'll be uh, providing coverage to you throughout the night on the Carolina Weather Net. We'll be along with special reports as uh, the condition warrants. I mentioned this in our update last night, too. In any situation where, and I'm not saying this will happen, but just food for thought, if we get into a situation where there's a widespread power outage situation or, or limited internet access, we'll start using our audio podcast feed to deliver updates on the storm and the recovery in the aftermath, because sometimes it's easier just to listen to audio on your phone if you have limited charging or limited bandwidth. So um, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever it is, uh, you get your podcasts. Um, that is a place as well, too. Scotty, I'm going to um, switch gears, if I may. Sure. And I'm going to put you on the spot. Uh, we we learned something else not related to Elsa tonight. Yeah. That I wanted to get your reaction from. We have reaction here from Brad Panovich about his counterpart, his competitor, but his friend, Chief Meteorologist Eric Thomas at WBTV television here in Charlotte. And I know uh, you have a relationship with him and I was hoping to get some of your thoughts. Yeah. So uh, you just. I, you can't see, but there's cold chills on my arm because um, with, with every story that we, we bring guests on it, and the first question is, what is your weather journey? And nine times out of 10, it's about a hurricane or a snowstorm or a tornado or something like that. Uh, my weather story starts with Eric Thomas. He, he was the guy that, that helped lead me into what I'm doing today. And I'll be forever grateful for that uh, for for that meeting uh, way back when I was in fourth grade. And, uh, you know, it's really cool that, you know, I could call Eric right now on the phone and say, hey, I'm having issues trying to figure out what else is going to do. And Eric would take that time to say, well, here's what I'm looking at. Here's what I think. And, and Eric's going to be sorely missed. And I will guarantee you we will have him on the show before he retires at the end of the year. I wanted to do something a little special. Uh, we're going to talk about that after Elsa passes through. Uh, but Eric, great, great, great guy, for not only for the Charlotte community, but for the Carolinas. He's doing a lot of stuff, uh, trying to get some radar coverage. Uh, but one thing that Eric's doing that you may not know about if you don't live in the Charlotte area, watch WBTV, is Eric is a big proponent for adoptions. And uh, his goal was to try to get, get kids adopted into families. Uh, he has his own story, and hopefully – uh, if we have him on, he can tell that story. I don't want to tell his story for him, but uh, it's really near and dear to his heart as well. And uh, Eric's just a great guy and, and will be missed. And uh, we're going to relish these last seven or what, six, seven months that we have left uh, with Eric on TV. And I know he's about to be a grandfather. And I think that kind of weighed into his decision on wanting to retire. So, uh, you know, after being in the business over 30 years, you know, it, you start to want to spend time doing other things. And so we will be uh, missing Eric around here, but we still have him for a few more months. So we're going to enjoy him and hopefully the weather won't be too crazy busy for him and he can just kind of sell on out. And I just noticed that his uh, reply from Brad to Eric, wishing him well, has a response from Eric back to Brad. Thanks a million, Brad. Means the world coming from you. It's been great being a part of your team for the last five years. This is with regards to the Carolina weather project or the Carolina radar project uh, as uh, these two guys, again, competitors, but allies uh, trying to work to improve radar data for everybody. And I'm, I'm picking up on like mild teasers in here. Uh, there's I don't know any more. Sure. I don't, I don't know <laughs> any more than what's in here, but uh, they've been on our show in the past to talk about their 
collaboration. Uh, and I'm very interested to have Eric back on to wish him a happy upcoming retirement, but also to find out what it is that they're trying to dangle in front of us. There's like a dangle there, some about fall of 2021. So we'll, we'll see what we'll see what's going on there. Uh, James, you can talk to this because uh, you, you live in the TV world as well. And I closely follow it. And on TV, yes, you want your station to be number one. But behind the scenes, you can speak for it. I can speak for it. Eric and Brad are, are good, good friends. And they don't care. I just heard a tornado beep. So yeah, it's, I, it's just conversation. But we all jump. Okay. But actually, yeah. this this tool that we all jump because you and I are all <laughs> in National Weather Service chat, I think it complements exactly what you were saying is that at the end of the, the day, weather is life-saving. It's a collaboration, right? So yeah. Brad and Eric are in the same chat sharing information with each other. They also probably just jumped. Yeah, their their goal, Brad and Eric's gold and Steve Udelson and uh, everyone else in the Charlotte, Charleston, wherever you may be, the goal is to make sure that you and us and all of us are prepared uh, and alerted when when severe weather strikes. And, you know, that that's the goal of us. And, yeah, you may work it down the street, but in the in the grand scheme of things we're all on the same team trying to get out the most important information and uh eric's a good one and, and he's got so many stories to tell and i can't wait to have him on here to uh, to to tell those stories so to find right. the link to when we last had them both on together we'll throw it in chat talking about the radar and i think he gets into the adoption thing a little bit too if i'm not mistake it but yeah uh, jared you want to take us home from here yeah we'll do that so so again just kind of summing everything up right now uh you know again if you're in the low country of south carolina if you have a charleston address charleston down to beaufort hilton head you have a tornado watch until 5 a.m we're watching a band of thunderstorms stretch from roughly statesboro georgia but the most intense part of it right now is right over savannah georgia stretching into the atlantic ocean and this is going to move northward over the next few hours and this is where we're probably going to have our best risk for the heaviest rain we've had measurements of three inches in an hour in georgia um and and we may have um you know this is where our potential our tornado potential may exist best chances near the coast but again um you know the tornado watch goes inland so we'll need to just keep an eye on this closely best thing you can do tonight is just make sure that you can hear warnings that you have a you have a no weather radio make sure that that's turned on to tone um make sure that your uh, smartphone is uh, not on silent so you can hear wireless emergency alerts um james is doing a wonderful job showing exactly those things uh, other smartphone apps i have another I, I you know i use a, i use an app called Stormwatch plus um you know the, from our old buddy uh eric Prussius up in um uh, Memphis, uh, it's a, it's a, that's a good app, but your local television station also has a, a, a great app and, and it is very likely going to be able to just give you all those warnings too. So have multiple ways to get those warnings tonight. Keep your phones on charge, especially if you're in the low country, um, and along the coast, you know, keep phones on charge, keep a flashlight nearby. And then, and, and if you, and if, and if God forbid, if that warning does come out for you, interior room, lowest floor, basement, no, but there's no basements here. Actually, there is a basement here. I actually <laughs> toured a basement apartment in downtown Charleston. And it was like, are you really allowed to rent this? Uh, that is I don't know if I'd want a basement in downtown Charleston. No, no. no that's no, a whole other. Yeah. But, so that's called a swimming pool. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's, it's, the, it's the in-ground swimming pool. But, but again, interior room, lowest floor, bathroom, closet, hallways are good. Just get I mean, away from the, the stairs. To your point, yeah. we don't have a basement. It's under the stairs. 
Exactly right. So, yeah. So you just get, you know, get an undercover. The good thing about these is that, you know, they don't last very long. So you're not going to be in your safe room for hours and hours on end. But it is something that we're going to want to watch. And, um, you know, and again, these these things can bubble up very fast and they can move very fast. So, again, we'll urge you to, you know, if that warning does come out for you, we want you to take action. Put, as, put a flashlight by your bed tonight. Put, put shoes by your bed tonight. Not mm-hmm. to scare you, not to make you paranoid, but to Jared's point, in a tropical system, these things happen quickly. So if you're woken up by a weather radio, it's slip on those shoes and get to the safe place. Yep. And so, yeah, um, so that should do it. Yep, that should do it. Uh, thank you guys uh, for uh, holding down the fort before I log on tonight. Most importantly, thanks for all of the great questions tonight from all across mm-hmm. the region. We are so um, happy to be able to answer them, but we can we 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 can't do that. That's on you guys, and we appreciate all of you watching from home or wherever it may be, asking those questions uh, so that we can we can answer them. So again, if you're watching on the Carolina Weather Net, our free non-stop weather source that streams on the Carolina Weather Group YouTube channel. Stay tuned. We'll take you back to regular scheduled programming in just a moment. If you're watching on uh, Facebook or uh, or a standalone YouTube event, then uh, don't forget that you can like and subscribe here here comes right the inevitable like subscribe and hit the bell but this way um as we do break in with updates we'll we'll come back onto all channels uh, for things like uh, tornado warnings and such so on behalf of all these guys uh thanks so much for watching this update from the carolina weather group on tropical storm elsa we'll have the net running all night long so that you can get those real-time updates uh from the national weather service and uh until then let's take a look at the satellite shall we